0: You're listening to Gruesome and a Natural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and a Natural. I'm Shelly.
1: And I'm Eric, and this is episode 63.
0: Hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another episode. What up? Ready for this one?
1: Um, just as much as I'm ready for all of them.
0: Are you, though? <laughs> i Which is um, no. So, yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. This is going to be more, I guess, on the unnatural side versus the gruesome side. Okay, let's just get into
1: it. <laughs> Pause. That, that was a, the stare I just gave her of unacceptance of what she said.
0: You love all the episodes. All right, let's get into it.
1: To say you love these is pretty creepy.
0: Okay, I don't mean I love just, them. That is a little weird. But you weird. know, i
1: I talk about I talk about you to my therapist all the time
0: now. Oh yeah,
1: I'm just kidding. On a therapist.
0: <laughs> <I> was, where <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you kind of know this one. We watched something about this. Kind of. So. But you know how
1: like Hollywood yes. contorts and Correct.
0: so this makes is the a story real. different. The real story. The
1: real story. Not the
0: Netflix version. Which, we'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's called, should we say it?
0: Yeah, it's called, yeah, you're going to see the title of it called yeah, The Watcher. It's called
1: The Watcher. The, on Netflix. You, should, you guys should check it out.
0: I guess they've been out since 2022, but I just came across it and I didn't even know what it was about. And then we started watching it and I was like, oh shit, I know the story. But yeah, they. Based on
1: a true story. Based on,
0: yeah, yeah. But not all of it was but true. But they
1: changed a lot of the events or.
0: They did, some of them. Okay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Derek and Maria Brodus, a married couple from New Jersey, had three children together. Um, I believe it was two girls and a boy, ages 5, 8, and 10. Derek was originally from Maine and had just become the senior vice president at an insurance company in Manhattan. This allowed the couple to start looking for a bigger new home for their family, which they ended up finding their dream home in Westfield, New Jersey, just after Derek had actually turned 40 years old. Westfield, New Jersey happened to be Maria's hometown, and it was just a few blocks from her childhood home. This house was located at 657 Boulevard.
1: But don't go there.
0: Yeah, don't, don't go to this one, guys.
1: <laughs> Why? Because
0: <laughs> there's people that live there still. Or we'll get into b- that. They probably bothered but. a lot. Huh? Yeah, I'm sure they, yeah, to this day, I'm sure people drive by, they want to see the house, you know? Like, but uh, this house is huge. It was built in 1905. It has six bedrooms, three bathrooms, and one half bath. It has a basement and a total livable area of 3,869 square feet and a lot size of 0.46 acres. The house was sold to them on June 6, 2014 for $1,355,657. On Zillow, it says it was pretty much like $350 for every square foot in that house at the time of the day. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So before the family moved in, they wanted to do some renovations. So Derek began doing so about three days after closing on the house while Maria and their three children stayed with her mother. One night in June 2014, Derek had just finished up some painting on the new house when he decided to go check the mail. And obviously there wasn't a lot in this mailbox because they had just moved in. So right, maybe, maybe not even bills or anything, right? Just like some random shit. (laughs) So Derek did notice a letter though. And it had like this thick handwriting on the front of it and it read the new owner. but there was like no return address on it so he's like that's weird opens it up and inside this envelope was a typed letter which is weird because like the outside was written but the inside it was like a whole typed letter and this is what this letter said quote dearest new neighbor at 657 boulevard allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood how did you end up here did 657 boulevard call to you with its force within 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tiss tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me, your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows uh, in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Unquote. Signed, The Watcher.
1: Pretty creepy.
0: The young blood thing? The fuck is that about?
1: Well, counted all your children already, right? Yeah. There, I'd be like protective mode, right?
0: Like, yeah, hell no. They're what five, eight, ten. I said, like, they're super young. Like, I would be too. That's so creepy.
1: Shopping for some big dogs.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Couldn't even think about that. So it was about 10 p.m. that night, and Derek was alone. So he went around the house, probably freaked out, right, turning off all the lights so that way nobody could potentially see inside the house. Like I would be doing the same thing, locking all the doors, shutting off all the lights and stuff. You know. And they called thick curtains. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then he went and uh, proceeded to call the Westfield Police Department. An officer did stop by the house and he read the letter that, you know, Derek received. And he was like, dude, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, even he was like, this is really weird. Then he proceeded to ask Derek if maybe he had any enemies. And then he told him that I guess there was like a construction like equipment that was in the back. Like back porch area, so he told them like, "Hey, you should probably move that equipment from the back porch just in case the watcher person like attempts to throw it through one of his windows or something." You know, like he already went that far, so he's like, "Okay, so that was kind of the end of that, right?" So then Derek went to show his this letter to his wife, obviously like a little freaked out. So they decided to email the previous owners about the letters or about this letter that they received, and maybe like they had received one too. So they emailed them, Andrea Wood, who was the previous owner of this house. She replied stating that a few days before they had moved out, they did receive a letter from the watcher. Andrea stated that the letter was odd, as it had mentioned, you know, watching over the house, you know, for so many years, kind of like he stated in this one. And but she said that she just kind of threw it away because she didn't really think of anything of it. Like she had been living there for 23 years and this was the only letter she had gotten. So she's like, that's weird. Throwing it out. I'm moving. (laughs) You know, she didn't really think about anything of it. The same day, Andrea and her husband uh, went with Maria to the police station where they spoke to Detective Leonard Lugo, in which he told her not to tell anybody about these letters, including the neighbors, because they're all potentially suspects, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they don't want them to find out that the police know. So they're like, just don't tell anybody about it. Just a few days after the first letter, the neighbors had invited them and another neighbor who just moved in over for a barbecue. So, of course, they were like kind of on high alert as they hadn't told anybody about these letters, you know, and knew that possibly the watcher was at the barbecue. So they were on high alert, but they wanted to go kind of maybe scope some shit out, see who's there, you know. So Derek started chatting with uh, one of his neighbors, John Schmidt, who lived two doors down from Maria and Derek. And he actually told Derek about the Langfords who lived right in between them. So it's Derek's house, Langford's house, and then John's house, who he's talking to. Yeah, Peggy Langford who was in her 90s. She lived there with like a couple of her adult children and they were all in their 60s. John did say that they were kind of odd but like harmless. And he said that they the youngest child, Michael Langford, didn't really have a job and he kind of like <laughs> he tried to relate him to somebody I don't know who it was, but he just kind of said that he like looked strange. Mm. He was a strange kind of looking guy. <laughs> the family had been there since the 1960s, which is kind of crazy because they said that, what, the watchers said that his grandfather or whatever started watching in the 20s and then his, and his dad, his dad in the, the 60s. 60s. Yeah. So, yeah. So, also, the watchers say that he had been on the job for a better, better part of two decades. So, it kind of goes in with that. Michael was actually brought into the police headquarters to be questioned about the letters, but Michael denied knowing anything about them. Derek and Maria even had that detective show, like, they showed him around the house being like, this is what this guy is seeing. Like, how is this possible? Like, kind of just showing him, like, like how, is he, how is he even <laughs> noticing all these things? Yeah. So, again, nothing can be really done, you know, because there was no hard evidence. And, sh- and then this just, like, infuriated Derek, you know, because he was like, I just want this solved. You know, he wants to protect his family to, like, the best of his ability, pretty much. He even stated, quote, this person attacked my family. And where I'm from, if you do that, you get your ass beat, unquote. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Hell Yeah. Derek even set up cameras around his home and began watching the house at close range, which is good. I'm I would have like done that the second I moved in, you know. Derek was going full-out investigator on the watcher, like probably like a lot of us would, right? If someone's fucking with you sending these creepy letters. He hired private investigators. He ran background checks on the Langfords, uh, the next-door neighbors that lived with their mom, but nothing really came out of that either. Derek even sent a letter to the Langfords informing them that they were going to tear down the house hoping to get a letter back but they never got a letter back. There was no response. I just thought that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a good little thing to see if, like, oh, like maybe they'll get a horrible letter back or something, you know. But it got to the point that the family was so scared, they started questioning, like, everybody. People in the neighborhood, grocery stores, just pretty much everywhere they went, right? Like, they had no idea who this person was. So one day they noticed the house behind theirs. So it was kind of like these two lawn chairs set up and there's actually a guy sitting in one and they were both facing Derek and Maria's house and he was just sitting there staring at their house. How fucking weird is that?
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: Super weird. The next few weeks, they were more aware of this neighborhood and what was going on and like never letting their children wander off too far. So this next thing is just so weird to me. So why Derek did this? I don't know, but he decided to give a tour of the house is like renovations to a couple in the neighborhood, right? Like you have this person writing these weird letters. Like, why are you letting random people just look at your house when it's renovated? Like, what's the point? If you just bought the house and you're renovating it, like, why are you going to have people like look at your house? I just thought that was so weird. But while doing so, the wife said, quote, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood, unquote. Weird, Right. That's what they were saying in the letters, the young blood. Yeah. And now this wife just says that. Like,
1: I don't know. Who's the wife that they're letting give them the tour?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a husband and like a couple that was getting a tour, like of all the renovations they were doing to the house and stuff like that. And that's what she said. I'm <laughs> just like, what? One of their contractors told Derek that when he came over to the house one morning, he found like, I guess the night before he had like hammered in this really heavy sign to their front lawn. And when he came over that morning, it had been ripped out of the front lawn. So I thought that was kind of weird. Two weeks after the first letter, Rio went by their new home to look at some paint samples and check the mail when she finds another letter. But this time it was addressed to M M Broaddus. But their last name was totally spelled wrong. And it's kind of assuming what maybe Mr. and Mrs. Broaddus or something, M-M. Which, like I was saying, it was not the correct way of spelling their last name. She did notice, again, the thick black writing and decided to call police. But before doing that, she obviously read the letter. And this is what it said. Quote, welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have you found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will, Mr. and Mrs. Broadus. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood that you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. Unquote. So then the watcher kind of like goes on to talk about their oldest daughter. He says, quote, is she the artist in the family? 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the Young Blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the Young Blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. The house is crying from all the pain it is going through you have changed it and made it so fancy. You were stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in time when it roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then I got old and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. I pass by many times a day, 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, and my obsession, and now you are too, broadest family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a good moving-in day. You know I will be watching." Unquote. Creepy! So weird! Just like all the shit they talk about, was, like decades of watching this family and like all these other families are moving out, like greed, like what are you talking about, <laughs> like they just they love the house. They wanted them to move there. Like, what does that have to do with it?
1: Yeah.
0: So at this point, Derek and Maria were scared as hell and to stop, like, decided to stop bringing their children to the new house and even contemplated like whether to keep the house or not. Derek told the same detective that again, Michael the Langford, the guy that lived right in between him and John, um, that he he could clearly visibly see this easel that was like on one of the porches like michael had totally had view of this thing right as he lives right next door and the fact that it was like this easel was hidden from the street by like vegetation so it was very difficult for anyone to see it unless you were behind the house or right next to the house so weird but again nothing really came of that eventually they ended up deciding renting the house out after doing so The renters, you know, they did. They rented it out. Renters moved in. And what did they receive? A letter addressed to the Brodus family. They gave them, you know, the renters gave them the letter. But this time the watcher seems to be a little angrier in these letters than he has in like the past ones. So this one wrote, quote, to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Damn. (laughs) I I know. Damn. Seriously. Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs Youngblood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again, like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. You wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be, or maybe you do know, and you're too scared to tell anyone. Good move, unquote
1: weird calm down bro like, <laughs> no, like you don't even own the land
0: like exactly. what's your
1: obsession over there? i shit?
0: have no idea seriously yeah
1: and he, he's he's like talking shit calling his wife a wench and everything and it's like bitch you wouldn't even show yourself you're just being right? like just hiding behind these fucking letters
0: <laughs> literally it's so true it's so true
1: sorry i just got yeah, angry like a little at bitch. the watcher i know fucking weirdo.
0: I know. How fucking weird is that? Like, you own this house and it's turning on me. I'm not going to let it turn. You know? Like, what? The, what? What the fuck? It's a house.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, the weird thing is that the first, very, very first letter was postmarked for June 4th, which was before the sale of the house was ever made public. And Andrea and her husband, like, never put up a for sale sign. So, they got the house, what, June 6th? And this was postmarked for June 4th. And it was specifically made for the new house. I wonder new what owner.
1: realty group they're working I with. I don't
2: know
0: very weird so they decided to they ended up deciding who wanted they just wanted to sell the house right they just they didn't want to seal, deal with the stress anymore they just I don't you know I don't know would, you, want, what would you would you? stay in a house like that I don't know. Letters or I would probably go like,
1: nuts and like carry guns and fucking put up crazy amount of security and for sure get all my homies over there standing out front but like just mm-hmm. knocking back some beers with some shotguns in her fucking hands <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's a, it's a big fat pad and it seemed like their dream house. That fucking sucks.
0: Yeah. They spent a million, over a million dollars you know? on it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So, yeah, I don't know. No, you're right though. Cause I think they even tried to get a detective or a police officer to like drive by once in a while. I don't know. But that really, I don't well, know.
1: Build like, a giant wall around it. So no, one see see in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so, they're, so, right, so they want, they're want they wanting to sell it now. They just don't want to deal with this shit anymore. So the house was listed for sale on February 21st, 2015, only seven months after buying the home. And that was for, it was put up for $1,495,000. So more than what they had paid for it. But the price then dropped to $1,395,000 on March 17th, 2015. Probably, I think probably because people were trying to, like, they were starting to find out about these letters, how weird it was. I think, like, more and more people were like, I don't want to fucking live there, you know. So the price just kept dropping. Then on April 7th, 2015, the price dropped again to 1350000 A month after that, on May 14th, 2015, the price dropped yet again to 1250000 One month later, on June 18th, 2015, the listing was actually removed altogether the house went back up for sale on October 9th, 2017 for $1,125,000. Then it was listed for rent on January 28th, 2018 for $5,000 a month, but that was removed. And then uh, about um, almost a month later on May 14th, 2018. Finally, on March 13th, 2019, the house was listed for sale for $999,000. And it was finally sold July 2nd, 2019, for $959,000. So the Brodus family got to like, ended up losing a total of $400,000 because of this fucking asshole writing this fucking letter. That would be, I would be furious. Yeah. They just lost so much money. Like, found their dream house. It's half a million dollars. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. They lost all that. Oh, that would piss me off. So, um, I just wanted to, like, get, you know, all this additional information. So I zillowed the house and, um. I was looking at it and I was like around the street and then like when you actually look at the house they like blurred it all out. You can't even see the house on Zillow. Crazy. Like you know it's there. You can see the neighbor's houses like that, but they totally blurred out the house. I don't know why. Like you can look up the house and find it like on the internet like and stuff like that, but on Zillow it's totally blurred out. I'm just like so curious why. But I just want to end. I have like little clips. Um, I actually found this clip. I'm. Hopefully, she's for real. Her name is Margaret Davis. It's a little clip of Inside Edition. And she actually used to live in the house, I want to say, for like 26 years she lived there. And she had no problems whatsoever. And she's like, she's just like kind of blown away that like this was even happening to them. Cause she's like, I love that house. I love the neighborhood. Like I never had any problems. So I thought that's kind of weird. So here's that clip, real quick. And it's official, the Netflix series The Watcher has knocked Jeffrey Dahmer out of the number one spot. The Watcher* is based on a true story of a family tormented by a stalker after they moved into their dream house. Well, we spoke with another of the former owners about what it was like to live in that house. Here's Les Trent.
2: Idyllic, Mayberry RFD, fabulous place to be. That's not the way anyone watching the number one Netflix show The Watcher would describe living in this house. <laughs> But Margaret Davis knows what she's talking about. She was raised in the real life Watcher House and lived there for 26 years. I can't imagine a more wonderful place to grow up. We had fabulous neighbors, fabulous friends. It was a walk to school, a walk to the train. My husband and I tried to move back there. The Watcher, starring Naomi Watts and Bobby Carnevale, tells the story of homeowners who say they were driven out of their dream home by a stalker called The Watcher, who wrote chilling letters. You have two children. I have seen them. Are there more on the way? Once I know their names, I'll call to them. and draw them to- It's based on the terrifying experience of Derek and Maria Broadus, who bought the house in Westfield, New Jersey in 2014 for $1.3 million. The watcher claimed his family had been stalking the house for decades. But when we spoke to Margaret Davis in 2015, she said that can't be true. It just is hard for me to believe because my experience there was so different. The Netflix series has reignited fascination with the mystery. Today, check it out. Crime scene tapes surrounding the house, no trespassing signs, the police have been stopping by periodically, all to keep away curious onlookers. And this is Inside the Watcher House, taken from a Realtors video tour. The family targeted by The Watcher sold it in 2019 at a $400,000 loss just to get away. It was such a wonderful experience growing up there. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: The real-life Watcher couple, the Broadduses, had only two requests for Netflix. They asked, please don't use their real names and make sure the actors don't look anything like them. Yeah, so I just thought that was kind of interesting, just hearing her, little, you know, her perspective on her living there for so long. I just, kind of seeing how weird it is that that was all happening and stuff like that. Um, And then I have one more little small clip of ABC News when they came out with the news that, you know, the house had finally been, like, sold. So here's that clip.
2: We're going to turn out of that major development involving a home we have reported on here before and the disturbing letters sent to the family who bought it. The family bought their dream home in New Jersey, never moving in after getting frightening letters from someone calling themselves the Watcher. Now the family has finally found someone, Uh, I got everyone's attention here, Mm -hmm. someone's going to buy that house. Gio Benitez is here with more. Hey, Gio. Hey, David,
3: good morning. Yeah, for years, so many thought nobody would buy this house because of all that negative publicity with those threatening letters. But this morning, we know the family has finally gotten rid of it by taking a major financial loss. This morning, ABC News has learned the New Jersey family, allegedly terrorized by creepy letters from someone named The Watcher, has finally sold the house that started their nightmare. Derek and Maria Broadus bought this idyllic home in Westfield, New Jersey for $1.3 million back in 2014, but they say a stranger kept them from moving in by sending letters like this, I watch and wait for the day the young blood will be mine again, and I pass by many times a day, you know I will be watching. I've lived here my whole life, so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty big shocker. Now, five years later, the family selling the property that they've never lived in, that has haunted them for years, taking a loss, selling it for four hundred thousand dollars less than they paid for it. We spoke with their attorney in the midst of their ordeal.
2: That's a great house. This is a total tragedy and nightmare for my clients.
3: The watcher's letters describing anger about renovations to the home and detailing the movements of the family and their kids. One letter saying all of the windows and doors allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. From day one they've been trying to solve this case. They hired a forensic linguist to take a look at the letters and see if there were any patterns. They scoured the internet looking for clues. But despite years of investigations and while authorities did discover some DNA evidence, they never found enough to charge a suspect. Our police
1: department conducted an exhaustive investigation. Such efforts have not, however, yielded information leading to charges being filed.
3: In an interview with New York Magazine last year, Derek comparing the ordeal to cancer, saying we think about it every day. They wanted to get rid of the house because they knew it was going to be this burden. They knew they weren't going to move in. From there, the next thing they want more than anything is to know who did this. And we're told the family still lives in Westfield after staying with family a few blocks away from the Watcher house. Now they've bought a new home and they hope this one brings them peace of mind. But what an
2: ordeal. We don't know anything about the new owners. No, not yet. Hopefully they're not watching. (laughs) 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 We want to keep them in that home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they had full disclosure. At least I hope they did. All right, thank you so much, Gio.
0: So just a little little clip. I thought that was interesting. Sick. But um, so yeah, uh, the Watcher has never been Found (laughs) never came forward, so like nobody knows who the hell this person was. People, I don't know. Like, was it a prank? Was this person serious? Was there something maybe mentally ill with them? People
1: trying to buy the house for the least amount of money they could.
0: Oh, Oh! I didn't even think Ooh. about that. Yeah. And they were thinking maybe it was like somebody that was going against them to get the house and they yeah. lost it. So they were like, well, fuck them. I'm maybe it was the
1: previous them. owner that we just listened to that really Ooh. wanted the house back.
2: Mm, mm, never that could be.
0: That could be. But I don't know. This Langford guy, I was a little weird. He's right next door. Doesn't have a job. He just sits there all day. He could have been doing it. But what if it was just a prank? What if some fucking kids just sat there like, let's start writing these letters. And then it turned into this whole thing. And that was a Netflix special on it. <laughs>
1: like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And like, they Buffed remember up. Netflix, like they had, there was like the guy killed his family in there. Yeah.
1: Right? Like
0: that never happened. That wasn't really part of the show. That was just like some extra. Cause so I was like, I don't remember that in the real story, but I don't know. This, this shit blows my mind. I just want to know who it was. We won't. I know. I know. Unless somebody on their deathbed says it, but yeah. If you have any theories and you want to let us know, I'd be happy to read them because I really not I want to know what you guys think. Or if you're the watcher, hit us up. Yeah, let me know. I won't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for this this episode. Thanks for listening. Until next Monday, stay safe and be aware.